Bruce Lawn. Full transparency, this video may not be for everybody. This is for the person that maybe feels like they've been in a loop. Feels like it's Groundhog Day. Feels like they've been stuck. Some of you guys, you're thriving. You're crushing it. Praise God. I'm so happy for you. I'm so proud of you. But that ain't my testimony, okay? I've been in seasons post-salvation, post-Jesus, where I've just felt stuck. I felt like I, I couldn't get breakthrough in certain areas. I felt like doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results, which is the, the, the definition of insanity. And so on this video, I'm going to give you guys the real reason you've been stuck in sin, in a loop, and how to get out of it. Ultimately, how to get out of it. And it's not exactly what you think it is. But before we get into that, guys, my name is Ruslan. We have a free How to Study the Bible course over at MasterMyDevo.com. Check out the links in the description. There's actually a lot of resources there, a free Find Your Niche course, and a free Master My Habits course, which is coming soon, a course that I put together with my therapist, Christian therapist, Dr. Rui, is going to help a lot of us in terms of breaking through and forming freedom habits. That's coming very soon, so make sure you sign up for that link in the description. All right, I think a lot of people would say that sin is something that they have continued wrestling post-salvation. I think a lot of us, if we're truly honest and we just take the facades off, there are things that maybe we thought God would have just delivered us from. God, you could do anything. Why do I still have this desire? Why do I still deal and struggle with this thing? Why am I still wrestling with this thing? And we see other people and they and they claim freedom. We might even get jealous of some of our Christian friends that, that, that seem like they just kind of breeze through life and things just fall in line for them, yet we stay in this system or the or this pattern of being stuck and we wonder why and what is that and what's the issue and we know yes i got to confess my sin yes i got to pray more yes i got to go to church yes i got to get into the word yes i got to worship more all of that all of that is true all of that is true but we're going to look at a passage of scripture i'm going to tell you guys some of my story and something that i think many of us just we just don't really consider when we're looking at getting unstuck in our pursuit of holiness in our pursuit of sanctification, which is us cooperating with the Holy Spirit. Now, to be clear, justification is by grace through faith alone. Jesus goes to the cross in our place for our sins, dies, raises from the grave, sends his Holy Spirit, regenerates us, gives us new hearts, new desires. We are born again. That is by grace through faith. However, we now must act accordingly. We must start producing some fruit. Our lives should look different than it did before the world. And for some of us, Parts that are instant. For some of us, the scales fall from our from our eyes. For some of us, it, it, it's a transformative, amazing power. Others of us, it, it takes time. It's 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 a frustrating process. So let's jump in to this passage. This is James writing in chapter one. I'm going to give you guys how this has worked in my life that I think some of us miss. So verse 19, James one, he says, "My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick." To listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. There it is. God does desire some righteousness from us. And in that, we should be humble. We should be slow to speak. We should be quick to listen. We should be teachable. We should be people that look different post-salvation. Okay. Verse 21, he says, Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Okay. Remember, this is James writing to 
to uh, Christians, okay? So there's this tension that Christians are dealing with, and James is writing to them and saying, hey, you got to get rid of all that stuff. You got to get rid of all the, the moral the moral filth, he says, the evil, all these things, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. And then he goes on to say, verse 22, do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom. This is interesting. The law, the perfect law of God, the order of God, the intent of God, the precepts and the ways of God actually bring freedom. Okay. And continues in it not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Religion that God, our Father, accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So, Whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom. Did you know that the law gives freedom? See, the world has it backwards. They think that freedom is doing things without restraint, doing whatever you want, coming and going as you as, as you please. However, biblical freedom is freedom from the things you used to be a, a slave to. Freedom from your sin. Freedom from all that bondage, all that filth, right? And so biblical freedom is, is different. Biblical freedom is having constraints. Biblical freedom is having restraint and self-control. Biblical freedom is about relationship and growth and flourishing, right? And so I, I love the way this is put, but this all hinges on the fact that we are to do what it says, right? Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. And then he goes into the perfect law of God and so on and so forth. Now, I want to pull something up in terms of the book of Proverbs. There's this interesting word about wisdom, right? And wisdom and knowledge are different. See, we have a lot of people that have a lot of knowledge. You may have grown up in church. You may have grown up knowing everything there is to know about the Bible and everything there is to know about scripture and everything there is to know about all these different things. And you you might be very head smart, Right? But wisdom, see, wisdom is different. And this is why I love the book of Proverbs. I talk about it all the time. A proverb, a day will keep the foolishness away. See, wisdom is knowledge applied. So let's look at the actual definition of what Proverbs is talking about when it comes to biblical wisdom. This is from the Bible Project. It's just one little clip I want to play you guys in terms of the overview of the book of Proverbs and what this word wisdom means in the original language. Check this out. Now, wisdom for most of us means knowledge, but the Hebrew word chokhmah means much more than just mental activity. It refers to action also. So think skill or applied knowledge. This is why back in the book of Exodus, chapter 31, it was artists and craftsmen in Israel who were said to have chokhmah. That is wisdom in the scriptures, chokhmah. Now, chokhmah is closer aligned with wisdom being knowledge and skill applied. And so it talks about craftsmen and artists, right? So wisdom is different than knowledge. See, I may have knowledge of what I like about music, but chokhmah wisdom is when you can sit down and master an instrument. It's the skill, it's the application, it's not an abstract thing that you never apply. And, and I would take it a step further. I would say that it is something that you can then sit and apply and then compose. 
Instead of just reading and playing, you then can compose your own music. It was artists and craftsmen in Israel who said to have had Chokhmah. My son right now is going through uh, piano lessons, piano class. He takes his class every Thursday. Today was parent-teacher day. We had these really fun stations where they would show us how how much theory they know. And they would sit down and read some music and play it. He's starting to play with both hands. And it's actually really exciting to see my son, who's only seven, kind of surpass me in his chokhmah, his wisdom of playing the piano, even though I went full-time with music in 2015. And the project and the assignment that he has coming up for his next semester is to compose an original song, right? So now he has to take this information, he's developing the muscle memory, and now he gets to apply it, apply that, and have the wisdom to play and compose a song. He's going to be working on it, and then they're actually going to have a recital, right? This is different than just knowledge. This is different than you having knowledge and saying, oh, I know that there's you know, this many keys in a major scale and this many keys in a minor scale. This is knowledge applied, a skill, chokhmah, right? So if we go back to the scripture, back in James, we're going to jump back to James. He's saying, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. And again, I love how this is all brought back to to why. Religion that God, the Father, accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Again, to care for the least of these and to live holy, different, separated lives. This is what our faith acted out should look like. So, why do we feel stuck? Why do we get in these habit loops? The the practical answer, the very simple answer, the, the answer that we don't want to say is because we don't apply what we know. We get more head knowledge. We listen to a lot of stuff. But when it comes to practical implementation to repent and change our mind about our sin and go in a different direction to start removing and purging things out of our life and then to replace those things with new habits we we have a disconnect there right we like the knowledge we like to think about it we like to talk about it like we know what we're talking about but to apply it and to live it and not just be hearers of the word but be doers of the word that is why the vast majority of us stay stuck. That is why I stayed stuck, right? I would have amazing mentors. I'd have amazing mentors that would conquer the very same issues that I was having, whether they were issues with my purity, whether they were issues with my marriage, whether they were issues with my finances. Amazing, godly Christian men that God would surround me with. And they would give me advice and they would mentor me and they would give me the information. They would give me the game and I wouldn't apply it. I would take them for granted. I would say, man, man, 10 years ago, I would have loved to have this sort of mentor. But now, mm, take them for granted. Oh, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, I had to go to a bookstore and pick up a Bible translation, Bible commentaries. Now, I got it all on my phone. I start taking it for granted. If, If I can just have access to some of the brightest minds I, I can I can extract that information. And now you do with this, but just take it for granted. You don't apply it. So if you believe something is true, you will act on it. Correct. Absolutely. With the caveat, 
And this is this is the part that I think is tough for us to acknowledge with the caveat that oftentimes the reason why we don't apply a lot of you know what you should be doing. Some of you guys don't. But most of us know what we should be doing different. But a lot of us don't because we don't have the capacity to. Hmm, what am I talking about? Did you know that your willpower is first of all finite? Meaning that your capacity to make decisions, good decisions, isn't infinite. Now, can it expand? Absolutely. But your your ability for self-control is not infinite. Okay? It's, it's, not a, it's not infinite the way God is infinite. It's actually limited. Right? So what happens is many times we don't make good decisions because we aren't self-aware enough to understand our triggers, to understand when we can set ourselves up for making better decisions, to understand how we need to avoid certain things, and your willpower is depleted and you don't have the capacity to go, to to get through, to flourish, to to get out of that habit loop, right? This is the the part where you you have to take some self-inventory. If every new year you keep telling yourself, oh man, I want to read the Bible. Okay, respect. I want to be the I want to read the Bible in a year. Respect. Amazing. I've done it a bunch of times. You should do it. I want to read the Bible. I want to get plugged into church. I want to do this. I want to get out of debt. I want to eat better. I want to lose weight. Okay, respect. But are you taking into account your capacity? One, your capacity in the current season that you're in. And two, your capacity from your day to day and what you're already responsible for. What margin do you have built into your life? Right? I would challenge you. Take a self-inventory. Pay attention to when you're in those habit loops. Pay attention to when you're making stupid decisions. Pay attention to when you stare, when you stay stuck in sin. Right? Consider those things and say, okay, it tends to be around this time. Okay. Maybe you're 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 in a place, maybe you're in an environment that you need to work on adjusting. Maybe you're in a job that is completely taking everything from you. And so therefore you need to leave work. And then when you need work, you need that release. That release can look different. You're so stressed out at work because you do something so overwhelming. You don't have proper coping skills. You don't have any proper community relationships or outlets. So then you get off work and then you need a release. Okay. Well, that's your capacity. That's your willpower. Right? And this is what I found in my life. I found myself capped out at my capacity because what I was doing was very highly entrepreneurial. It was very hard. It was very difficult. And I was doing things late at night when my willpower was depleted. Hear me loud and clear. You guys are going to think this is crazy. (laughs) I would eat terrible food. I would go on late night bingers of food donuts i would i would i would i would look at things i shouldn't look at you guys fill in the blank i'm not gonna say it because video get in my eyes and it was all happening at night because my capacity and my my ability to have any margin in my life i was overwhelmed i quit my job way too soon in terms of pursuing music in 2015 and there was no margin and i didn't have much capacity to form godly habits and so then i was just going from just Place of depletion to place of depletion to place of depletion, constantly tired, constantly overwhelmed, constantly stressed out. So what do you got to do? Well, I need a release. I need to soothe. I need to, I, I need to deal 
with this? How did that look for me? That looked like that, that looked like consuming things I shouldn't be consuming, eating things I shouldn't be eating, looking at things I shouldn't be looking at, uh, 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 being combative with certain people, being nasty, right? I was stuck, but I knew the word. A lot of you guys know the word. You know what you should be doing. I was stuck, but I, I, I didn't understand that my capacity was so depleted that I had no room to actually change the trajectory of my life because there was no margin. So as you're going into 2022, as you're going into another year, friends, don't remain stuck. You need to stop and pause tonight, tomorrow. Okay, here's the application point. Here's your homework. Grab a sheet of paper. Grab some paper and really take a self-inventory of yourself. Take a self-inventory of how your body feels. Take a self-inventory of the things you're thinking about. Take a self-inventory of your of your stress and your cortisol levels. Take a self-inventory of all these things. You're sleeping. You're staying up super late like I was, making terrible decisions at night, right? Take a self-inventory of all that and look at it and say, okay, maybe I'm not changing, not because I don't want to, but because my capacity is so depleted from, from the decisions I've made that I really, I really just got to get back to building in some margin. God, hear me. It's going to start with you just being self-aware and saying, hey, I want to apply the word. God's done something in my heart. I believe it. I'm, I want to be wise. I want to practice this. However, what season of life are you in? And if you, and if you examine that and you, and you write it out, you write it out, you have to sit, write it out, think, think, just slow down and think, get off your phone for a minute, think and ask yourself what season of life you're in. And if and if you have a if you don't have any margin, if you don't have any margin, you gotta you gotta start by building in some margin. You gotta start by building in some margin. And one of the most beautiful ways to do that, one of the most powerful words you could add into your vocabulary, friends, is that one word that we hate to say, and that word is no. No. Hey, you want you wanna go out and Go out to Chili's at 11 o'clock at night? No. Hey, you want, you want to go to the movies and eat a bunch of popcorn? Spend money you don't have? No. Hey, you, 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 want, you want to go get drunk, go to the bar? No. Right? Sometimes it's your own thoughts. Hey, it would be a really good idea if we just stay up and just soothe because we need this. We need this release. No. No. Get used to saying no. Get comfortable with the no. Guys, it, it, it was very difficult for me 10, 12 years in to say, man, I, I got to say no to some stuff. I got I to gotta say no to some stuff, right? I, I got to cut some people out. Not because not, not you're a jerk, but, but, but because these, these people, they're not, they're not congruent with the type of person God's turning me into. Right, I, I need I need to replace those people. <laughs> These things over here, mm-mm, this isn't helping me. This isn't this isn't furthering me along on holiness and sanctification and the type of person that God wants me to be. Right, Amen. Healthy boundaries. Right. So, guys, hopefully this is helpful. In the comments, I re- I really do want to hear from you guys. Who are some people and some things and some thoughts that you need to say no to? Let me know. Kingstream Entertainment. Bruce Lawn.
Yo, thank you so much for making it to the end of this video. Make sure to click the link in our description for our free How to Study the Bible course. There's also a free niche training if you're looking to get into the Christian Creator YouTube space. And make sure to give this video a like, sub, consider partnering with us on Patreon, and check out some of these other videos recommended by YouTube from me to you, including my Exposed Testimony series. Guys, I love you so much. I will see you next time. Peace.